Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 160 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I am here home in Lander, Wyoming, at least for a little while longer. I've been sharpening my sword. Those of you who follow me on Instagram know what I'm talking about there. And I've been talking a little about that over on the Patron podcast. So if you are not a patron and you would like to hear more, you can do that over there. Uh, I definitely don't keep up with that podcast as much as I should, but we're figuring that out slowly but surely. What does happen over over there, I think, is really valuable content. So I'll be talking more about my sharpening my sword process over there. If you know, you know. If you don't, get in the know. couple of things coming up. CWA, May 13th to the 15th, I will be talking about how the gyms are letting the core climbers down and some strategies on how they can do better. I think it's an important topic. If you're there, come see me. Also, May 16th to the 18th in Colorado Springs, Performance Climbing Coach Seminar. I will be there coaching again alongside Steve Bechtel, Tyler Nelson, Mercedes Pohlmeyer, Neely Quinn, uh, Dr. Chris Heilman. And honestly, I think it's a really, really valuable seminar that anyone interested in coaching should definitely come to. That's Colorado Springs at uh, City Rock Gym. So hope to see you there. There's a link to sign up in the show notes right there in your pocket supercomputer. This week has been crazy. It's been high octane over here. We released our footholds that we made with escape climbing, the resistors and the diodes. There's another set coming as well. These sets were made for kickboards or lower angled walls, 30 and lower. And uh, they nearly sold out almost instantly. So those are more are coming. So if you're looking for them, head to the website, see what we've got left. If you're a gym, if you're a setter and you're interested in those, Escape does sell them in all the colors. We have black and red here. Escape sells them in all the colors. You get your same gym discounts. So head over there, get those, help people get better at bad feet. Gyms don't do that enough. We also recently hired a new coach, Nadia Sante, who is crushing and has helped me immensely. So thank you, Nadia. And maybe the biggest news is that I've been here proofreading the book all week. Written by me, illustrated by my friend Brendan Leonard. If you're not familiar with Semirad.com, get familiar. The book will be out soon. I've had the physical copy in my hands. I've been proofreading it. We've made a couple changes, and it'll be back to us very soon. So excited for this. 
All right, you guys are excited to get into this episode, and I've been jabbering about what we're doing here for long enough. So today's episode is with Pro Climber and just genuinely super nice guy, Matt Foltz. Matt is a coach with ABC Climbing uh, in Boulder, Colorado. He is also one of the first pro climbers to really openly talk about his training in an intelligent way. Um, he doesn't take a haphazard approach like a lot of the pro climbers do. Um, he treats this like a job, like an athlete, and I really hugely appreciate that he does that. Um, if you follow him or the Tension Training Center on the Instagram, you've seen him in their training. And we're going to get more into that, talk more about his approach, and I'll see you on the other side. Let's get into it. I think the best training program is, some, is the one that you'll be consistent with. So it's, it's always got to be fun. That's really the main motivation, and training can be almost as fun as climbing. Uh, yes, I grew up climbing actually in Indiana. Oh, really? Uh, so, You're a Midwestern yep. boy. Uh, yeah, originally Midwestern. Um, I, I've climbed in Indianapolis for about a year before we moved to uh, Boise, Idaho. Was that like climb time era? Climb or? time, yep. That's, okay. That was where I started climbing. So definitely I started uh, at climb time in Cincinnati wow so. no way yeah yeah I've been there as well yeah uh, cool. good times hell yeah uh, yeah back in the early 2000s mm -hmm. um yeah and so I was there for a year and then we moved to Idaho where there were actual uh, rocks to yeah. climb um but you know I, I was definitely a gym rat as a kid and and really got into competitions so yeah and it. you know what climb time was kind of a good culture Mm -hmm. to do that in like to get started and to at least climb time sensey and i assume indy was sure. similar because i know some crushers who've come out of there yeah you know? absolutely just a good culture of like a good community let's try really hard it was kind of that old scrappy midwestern sort of vibe yeah you know? absolutely and it, it was so much fun uh i, w I went back to indianapolis maybe a, a year ago um, and, and stopped by the yeah. gym and, yeah. uh, it was kind of fun to go back to where I started climbing, but yeah. nowadays, you know, with, with, uh, like I'm, I'm living in Denver now and, you know, we have some of the biggest and best gyms in the whole country yeah, and totally. in the whole world. And, uh, so going back to little climb time, I'm like, Oh, they're like, that's my roots. Mm -hmm. and you spend a lot most different of, than today. <laughs> do you spend most of your time at tension? climbing yes, or do you yeah. spend a lot of time in the other gyms in the area? Uh, not as much, although I enjoy them, but, uh, yeah, definitely 90% of the time if I'm in a gym, it's at the tension training center. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, like the tension training center and gyms like GP 81 in New York or, uh, crux conditioning, my friend Paul's one of our coaches, Jim in Chattanooga, these little gyms that are popping up that are very focused on training sort of feel more to me like gyms felt 
way back. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's it's more in my comfort zone. Yeah, I think uh, even though they're not as big and flashy, you kind of can control the elements a little mm-hmm. bit more. You have some old school grips on the wall where it's yep. you know crimps and, and pinches where you can just try and grab them as hard as you can and pull hard. You're making up your own boulders, which is my favorite thing to do in the gym. Um, and it really takes you back to the, like I said, the early two thousands when we would go in the gym and it, it would just be me and a few friends and we'd try to make up a few boulders to challenge each other. Yeah. Um, so I mean that, that, that's my roots and that's kind of a call back to how, when I began climbing and, uh, it's, it's how I love to train the best. How much do you think that making up boulders has, has helped your climbing, influenced your climbing, like? It sounds like it's something you enjoy, but I assume you probably wouldn't do it if it weren't helpful sure. to you. Yeah, I think, I mean, making up your own climbs is a, a kind of a double-edged sword. So you can really focus on your weaknesses and, and you can set climbs that uh, or maybe are geared towards what you're projecting at the time. So yeah. if I'm trying a 10-move boulder, maybe I set a climb that's more power endurance based uh, mm-hmm. versus when I'm trying a 4-move boulder. Um, st- stuff like that, but at the same time, you, you don't know what you don't know. So, right. uh, it's it's good to get into these other gyms and try boulders that other people are setting, uh, because maybe those will uh, work on weaknesses you didn't know you had. Yeah. And do you find it hard, like for yourself, because you're climbing at the V15 plus level? Is it hard to make up boulders that are challenging for yourself, or? Not at all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's one of the beautiful things about climbing. I think that you can always, you know, make the holds smaller and further apart yeah. or, uh, you know, focus on things that are really difficult for you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things of climbing. You can never be too good for when it. When you go into commercial gyms, is it hard for you to find things that are super challenging or is it more of a style thing? Sometimes, there? yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty lucky being in Denver where there's yeah, a totally. high concentration yeah. of really good rock climbers. So it's not too uncommon to walk into a gym and have three or four V13 boulders mm-hmm. to try. And, and that's a good sash. You know, a lot of times I don't go into a commercial gym um, more than once or twice, a, a, a whole set. So, right. um, you know, a whole, an entire gym turnover, uh, I probably won't go in more than once or twice. And so that's a good session, uh, yeah. if they have boulders up that are that difficult, but yes, I, I do run into that problem sometimes where I'll try, um, and, and complete the hardest boulders at the gym mm-hmm. in a session. Um, but then you have things, uh, where that I really enjoy the most uh, when I'm training inside, which are like tension board, moon board, kilter board. Yeah, uh, And then there's there's no limit to the challenges on those. So. Yeah, I imagine like commercial gyms five years ago, if you had gone in, it's going to be a lot more challenging to get something great out of it because especially if you're traveling, like most commercial gyms aren't setting above a handful of V11s or sure. if, if that, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that boards are becoming more popular, I think that's really valuable for the the stronger climbers because they are, gyms do seem to be going away from the filling in 
the T nuts or you know right. just setting a bunch of holes Density's on the wall. Low. Yeah, uh-huh. density super low in commercial gyms. So sure, yeah. So uh, as I was uh, growing up in in Boise uh, climbing, I would run into that problem, and mm. then through college when I was climbing, I'd run into that issue of. Uh, uh, running out of climbs and we just had the one gym in Boise. And, uh, so I'd be going in three or four times a week. Uh, and usually I would be able to climb everything in the new set in a session. And, um, uh, but that's where the creating my own boulders kind of came in. Uh, that's where I really enjoyed that process of it. And so now with the, with the boards, we didn't have a board back then, but now, uh, with the introduction of the boards, it's it's uh, makes that component even more fun. To yeah, the those are pretty much a must-have anymore. I agree. Yeah, you were like one of the first pros and one of the first really strong boulders to kind of be open about talking about training, and sure. and it looked like it was in a more systematic way instead of you know we'd see a lot of pros post I'm gonna go train tonight and that's the only time they do it for three months you know yeah. and but you were pretty early and open about it. Um, when did that start? Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, sometimes I think training is just, can, can be just as fun, uh, yeah. as rock climbing, you know, totally. it's all, everything's a project. So, uh, it's something that I've always been into. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think when I, any, any habit that I have right now in my life, uh, is probably happened because I sent my project, that right. day or, or, I, or right. I, I think that I sent my project because yeah. of it. So, like you know, superstitions I, I, exactly. Type of, yeah. yeah. So I, I oatmeal every morning and that happened because I ate oatmeal one morning and sent my project right that day. <laughs> and so I eat oatmeal every morning uh, and that won't change until, you know, one day I eat eggs and send my project. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. you know, there's something like something to be said for that. Um, but, you know, I, I've, gone in and lifted weights. Uh, I do hang, I do hang boarding and, and, uh, OTGs and, uh, I've, I've seen gains from those things mm-hmm. and, I, and I've seen it come through in my climbing. And so when I think that I'm doing something that's helping with my climbing, then I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah. How um, often do you experiment and then just throw things out? Yeah, I, I do that pretty often. Um, Actually, very often, yeah. uh, I'll kind of either learn more information mm-hmm. uh, about certain lifts. Where oh, you know, I've been I've been doing this, but studies are kind of now saying that uh, th- they might not be as helpful as I'd like, or my time is better spent elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I'll try to mix things up. But really, uh, I think the best training program is some is the one that you'll be consistent with for sure. Um, yeah. so it's, it's always gotta be fun. So I know I, 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 I hang board often and I know that maybe there's a protocol that's out there that's better for me to do than mm-hmm. what I'm doing now. But the one I'm doing now is fun for me. Yeah. So I'm, I do it two or three times a week and I look forward to it. And so I think that's the best one for me. Yeah. I think what you just said is really important that you look forward to it. You know, yeah. it, it should never be this drudgery like you have, oh God, I have to go to the gym again and, you know, I can't believe I'm going to have to do this. It should be that you're looking forward to do it, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's a massive thing a lot of people forget is that they'll they'll throw out something that's fun for them 
to try to add in this supposedly better way and then they do it three times and stop training entirely. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that can be tough. So that that's really the main motivation. And, and like I said, where uh, training can be almost as fun as climbing, where I, I'll have certain projects like, uh, you know, I really want to do this one arm hang with this amount of weight for five seconds. Like that's my project. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to do what it takes to build up to that. Um, something like that or like on the campus board i i really want to stick this one six ten or one five nine and a half uh-huh those kind of things just to try and start and push myself more and more yeah and those don't necessarily have to be things that directly relate to your climbing they're just things that have come in are similar things sure. you've been doing for years yeah and you just want to get better and better at those things yep exactly yeah I think that's really cool. And I think it's a, a smart way to go with training, oh, you know, keeps mm-hmm. it really fun, makes it measurable over long periods of time, you know, instead of I'm going to campus for three weeks and then see how it helps me. Sure. It's I'm going to project one, four, eight for me, one, five, one, five, nine and a half or one, six, 10 for you sure. and see over a long period of time how that affects my climbing, yeah. you know, how it impacts it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's it's just uh, like I said, you know, if I if I'm doing something and I and it feels like it works, I'm yeah. sticking with that. So. Totally. Yeah. How has your training changed from like the Boise days to now? Yeah, I think uh, a lot less um, like junk miles on mm-hmm. the wall. I guess you could say. And a lot That's kind of how we all started, right? Sure. Like stay yeah, on the wall longer, you. do more, do more, do more. Right. Yeah. And, and that might be appropriate for some people based mm-hmm. on their goals and, and where they're at uh, and their climbing and how they're developing. Uh, but for me, it's becoming more and more. Uh, I, I've, I've finally realized I'm good enough. I, I can, I, I'm, I'm good enough at climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's maybe not my limiting factor on these harder boulder problems. Right. Um, maybe it's my power or my finger strength, mm-hmm. um, or my core strength. Uh, and these are some of the things that I should be focusing on more and more. Yeah. That's a super important way to look at it. You know, I put up a post on Instagram, uh, last year sometime that was mm-hmm. two pie charts. One was, where I was last year, where I am now. And Mm -hmm. last year it was, I need to get better. And this year it's, I need to get stronger. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm climbing well enough to reach my goals. Now I just have to focus on getting stronger again. Yeah. You know, I think those two shifts are a really easy way to look at it because people get lost in this giant cloud of all these training stimulus that they could be using, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they don't really know where to go. This paralysis by analysis or whatever. Sure. And yeah, and and you know, one one way isn't the right way for everyone. Right. Uh, it, it's it always so dependent on the person. Yeah. yeah. Switches over time. Yeah. You know, I, I think especially if you're a beginner climber, uh, those junk miles might not be junk miles. They might right. be opportunities for you to learn. Yeah. In these techniques, but uh, you know, I've I've been climbing for. 17 or 18 years now and I uh uh with various uh specific technique work Mm -hmm. um and uh I've finally figured out I think that I'm at the point where that's not quite my limiting factor anymore uh but that's just for me I think that everyone 
should have their own specified program. Yeah. That what specific following. things were you doing technique wise? Like what were the things you were zeroing in on and yeah. focusing on? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the, the last couple of years, it's been a lot of hip work, um, hip mobility and, and, uh, really hip positioning on mm -hmm. the wall. So I would try and play around with, uh, you know, is it, is it better for my hips to be into the wall or is it better to sag and, and when and why is it better one way yeah. or the other yep. on certain types of movements and, and then try and, um, be systematic about that. Uh, I'm glad really you used that as example number one, sure. because there's this like trope out there that's always have your hips close to the wall, you know, no, like no, that's yeah. a rule we all no, learn no. and it shouldn't be a rule <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you got to sag, you know, yeah. sometimes campusing's the best way yeah. because your hips are right underneath. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. It's super interesting to hear you say that because again, like you were early in the, like, putting it out there that you're training in a systematic way. I also don't hear a lot of pros talk about, oh yeah, I really put some, you know, intentional time into learning how to climb. Sure. You know, um, it's more this thing that just happens and yeah. it sounds like you're putting a lot of, a lot of brain power and energy and intention into that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I, I've noticed that as well with a lot of climbers, especially at the top end, the like, uh, almost like a skate mentality yeah. where it's yeah. uh chill like it was like i did that it was chill i didn't really have to try very hard mm -hmm. um or maybe like i, I don't i don't care very much it's just kind of I'm right just, i'm just good at it yeah uh which maybe some, some people are but uh i i get really into training um mm -hmm. and I, I i know that i'm a good climber because i train to be a good climber yeah um That's and i'm not important. i'm not afraid to admit that yeah uh, good and in fact i want to share that with people as well yeah that's awesome and the sharing it with people you're coaching at abc right yes that's right are you bringing these philosophies which are incredibly smart by the way are you, you bringing those to the kids and talking about these things with the kids sure um yeah every every time i'm in there coaching i i, I try and explain something new and and uh, again, everyone's their own individual, not one thing mm -hmm. is going to work for everyone. Uh, and so that's, what's so important with being one-on-one, -on -one, uh, with these kids, uh, and, and just really analyzing their technique and, and kind of where they're deficient as well. And, um, yeah, trying to improve their skill that way. Uh, as far as programming goes, uh, Robin, yep. um, the head coach there does an, an amazing job with mm -hmm. the programming, uh, and, and Ryan as well. And, uh, so I don't program as much, but I do try to bring my sure. philosophies, uh, to the team. As yeah. And well. I think, I think them having a high level pro athlete to look up to and to learn from whose attitude is I'm going to work hard for it and I know I'm good at it because I worked hard for it, I think that's massive for kids to have because it, it can really become all about who wins the comps, you sure. know, and that's where they find their value. Sure. But hearing you talk, if they're picking up on that at all, they're, they're winning hugely. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that's massive. Yeah, thanks. So the kind of the impetus for this conversation initially was a post you made on Instagram and 
you know, I see you out there pushing limits, putting up first ascents, and and I think all of us, you know, everybody in the climbing world who pays attention admires that sort of thing. And a lot of us do strive to do first ascents or at least pay attention to the people that are and know mm-hmm. the history. And you, in the video uh, that I got tagged in, and, some, and actually it was um, Jay Schultes who also suggested Troy Photo, a recent guest on the podcast, to okay. me. Um, he said, Power Company Climbing, you need to have a conversation about this. And it was a first ascent you had done in Idaho, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the original video, you had just tapped the pad yeah, on your way by. Uh-huh. Obviously, didn't didn't make a difference, you know, mm-hmm. but you had tapped it. And there was some pushback that you had dabbed. And then you redid the boulder past that point and then you turn around reach your foot back and just tap the pad anyway flip off the camera (laughs) continue climbing Mm -hmm. and and i think that's a pretty powerful statement that i'd love to dig into a little bit sure yeah i'd love to so Mm -hmm. why first off was there a conversation when your foot dabbed the first time about I don't know if I should post this video. I don't know if I should call it a first ascent. Was mm-hmm. there that conversation? Um, there wasn't really the conversation of whether, whether I was going to post the video. And there also wasn't the conversation of whether I thought it was a first ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I knew that it didn't help. Yeah. Help me uh, yep. send it. And I'm kind of um, in that camp where we can, we should believe people when they, yeah. You know, when they say if it if it helped or not. Um, Especially if you're posting a video of yeah, the tiny dab. I, I posted the whole thing. Why not? And, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I mentioned in the com- comment or the, the caption as well, you know, there's a dab, but I don't believe it. <clears throat> it helped me at all. Uh, <clears throat> and there wasn't a, a, a huge pushback at all. There were, there were a few um, people and I'm, I'm, you know, princess in the pea like right if not everyone is happy then i then that's just like keeps me up at night yeah um so uh <clears throat> yeah and it, it's just the some of those negative comments and then just kind of hearing that you, know, you can't call it a first ascent if there's a dab kind of ran mm-hmm. through my brain and, uh but my my attitude was you know you, i just want like i feel like i've 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 climbed lots of boulders um and I feel like I have a decent reputation to where I, I want people to believe me when I say right. this didn't help me. Um, and so I, I don't have anyone in particular in my brain. In fact, I don't sure. think I know any of the people that actually that called me out. But that was kind of my motivation to go back to it, climb it again, um, and be kind of sassy about it. Yeah. Uh, and it was, of course, you know, all, all in good fun. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah, it's, uh, I wasn't, ch- not trying to make any huge statement or anything besides sure. like, let's, let's believe people when they, when they, when they say that. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I think I was the, just talking to Will Anglin the other day and 10 years ago, before there was uncut video of everything, you know, we probably would have had a photo sure. and 
that would have been it, you know, yeah. and nobody would have questioned it, yeah. not for a second. Yeah. But, but the little dab that happens and then being honest about it, for some reason, there are people who are so, so stuck on these rules that yeah. we have, you yeah. know, as if they're written in stone and you can't do anything about them. They just are the rules. Sure. Um, you know, I think, I'm not sure if that's a healthy thing to be stuck in the rules as if you yeah. have to be that way all the time. Yeah. And it's worth having a conversation about. Absolutely. I, w- I would love to have to, to talk to people about the ethics of, of dabbing yeah. versus not dabbing. That's totally fine. But it's like kind of the call out culture of like, right. um, your, you know, your opinion is the right one. Yeah. Um, this wasn't a, a real send or a real FA. Um, that's where it's more annoying. <laughs> Are you familiar with, I think I have this right. I, ha- I didn't look it up beforehand, but I think okay. this is right. That Fred Nicole, when he sent Dominator in Yosemite, kicked his spotter mm-hmm. and, and just called it good. I was like, oh, I did it. You know, sure. didn't, didn't stop my swing. Yeah. It's fine. And then Ron Kalk later came back and made a big deal out of well you kicked mary so that doesn't count and fred was just like "Eh, i don't care you know you don't have to count it yeah that's something i wish i could do i i I wasn't aware of that story Mm. but i'm sure that's happened so many times a lot of times Um, and you know it it would just be easy to just post a photo instead of the video or 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 whatever in that case but um but yeah i and where do you draw I, the line? Like, yeah, is reaching down and picking up your chalk bag dabbing? Right. Essentially, you <laughs> did touch the ground. You know, you connected sure. through the ground. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it's, yeah, it's absolutely worth a debate. But, I mean, my, definitely my stance and I can, my mind could change tomorrow, but definitely right now, my stance is if it doesn't help you, yep. then I think you're good to go. Um, but you just have to be honest with yourself. Yep, totally. Uh, I think that's, that's where it gets the most tricky. important thing yeah. always. Mm-hmm. You know, are there rules that you won't bend on in bouldering? Um, like uh, heel hooking on the moon board? Or <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. No, uh, man, uh, I'm trying to think of rules. Um, like there's damn, the, I'm just trying to have fun on the rocks out yeah, there. Like that's I've heard people thing. say no knees on top outs or it doesn't count or like there's definitely a, and I can understand this one. There's a sit start versus the like a squat start, squat start, you know? And, Oh man, no, I'm, I'm pretty lax on, on that stuff. And I mean, people are different, but yeah, Yeah. like I said, I'm I'm just trying to have fun climbing rocks. So, uh, I don't think there has to be too many rules as long as you're, if if you want to say I climbed this specific boulder, uh, then you got to start and finish in the same place as the person that made the FA and named and graded it. Yeah, uh, that's the rule. That's obviously the rule. You can't start in the middle and call it good. It's, right. But um, and with the that's uh, an interesting rule that. too. Like, what if a you know different position using the same start holds appears somehow yeah. like a 
high heel hook or something. Sure, feet above the head. Yeah, that happens. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, different beta comes all the time. Comes to go better, better beta. Yeah, it happens, and so I mean, in those cases, it's you. It get, things get downgraded, um, and that's that's just how it should be. You keep the name, just change the grade. Yeah, because we found a better way to do it. You know, people take downgrading as if it's some um, like slight against them yeah, personally, personally. Sometimes, yeah. and I, I don't see this at the higher levels as much as I do at the like intermediate level where they've attached their ego to this grade. Sure. Um, and just recently, you did the game. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And I saw on your 8A comments that you called it 15 slash 16, and you said, that seems fair for my height. Sure. And that brings up a lot of interesting questions. Like, are there times when you think your height helped, but you're like, I'm taking the grade anyway? Mm-hmm. And then when you're Absolutely. doing first ascents, you're grading for your height. Yeah. So, and but then we have this culture of where we're afraid to upgrade things. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a you're not supposed to upgrade. Downgrading is totally cool. You're not supposed to upgrade. But what if someone with your wingspan does the FA and it feels harder for me? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. Um, I am leaning more towards. Uh, upgrading mm-hmm. more things. I think that uh, grades have started to uh, kind of evolve in that direction where V16 has been really solidified and mm-hmm. legitimized. And um, it's not so as mystical. in my head yeah, for you to say. <laughs> it's not as mystical of a grade anymore. You know, yeah. we have a few, we have several confirmed of that grade, a few in the US. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think that's just how grades are going to progress is someone's going to do five or six V16s and then they'll do something harder. Well, it's that it's got to be V17 and they'll do five or six of those and they'll do something way harder. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's just going to be how it is moving on and on for, for such a long time, there was, a um, kind of mystique to the V16 grade. Um, so yeah. I, I think now we have, uh, a huge, um, range of V15s. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly that I've done. Um, I've done several now and, and uh, comparing this, where it gets tricky is when you're comparing the difficulty of two problems. But right. Uh, so that, but that being said, comparing, you know, the easiest two or three v- V15s I've done to something like the game, it's, I'm like, Man, the game was maybe like two grades harder, mm. you know, than the easiest. It's it would, was the game originally just, put up as sixteen. Yeah, Is it that was. What Daniel called it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> then it cleaned up a bit as, as things tend to do, um, I guess, and and uh, it made some of the crimps a little bit better. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, but I, so, so is it settled in at fifteen or? Yeah, so everyone that's done it, I got the sixth ascent. Okay. Everyone that's done it has called it 15. Okay. Um, yeah, and and just like a note on my A day, however important it is, uh, I, I I did call it 15. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's listed as 15. Sure. And just yeah. In and the it, comment has yeah. the slash grade. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, that that was just my uh, personal grade. My personal opinion was that it was in at the high end of the 15 scale. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe if it was put up today, it would 
it might have been called 16. Yeah. Uh, without as much hesitation as it was 10 years ago. Sure. And I saw that you climbed with Daniel shortly after. Did you guys yeah, have yesterday. a conversation about it? Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about it. Um, really not too much. We're, I think that's kind of our personalities. We're mm -hmm. more uh, like, cool. I uh, like did that and on to the next. We always have another objective. So um, most of our conversation was about uh, current projects and then the thing that we're trying up in Aldo Canyon. Yeah, which looks amazing. Oh, yeah, it's incredible um, and really, really hard. <laughs> do you find that's the norm amongst climbers who are climbing V14 through V16 or harder? Is that there's not tons of conversation about is that this grade or this grade? Does that seem to be the case? Um, yeah, in, in my experience, it is. Uh, it's hard for me to speak uh, for other people. Um, and I'm I, just I curious because yeah, I hear absolutely. a lot of squabbling around like V5, V6 or oh, sure. V7, V8, you know. Uh -huh. and, and when I hear these conversations, I'm like, I don't know the difference between v5 and v6 or v7 and v8 like mm -hmm. i've climbed some v8s that felt like v10 and i've climbed some oh, yeah. v8s that felt like v6 yeah i don't know what they are sure you know i don't have a solid enough vision of what each grade is mm -hmm. to know so i can't even argue it yeah you know but people really want to squabble about where things are supposed to fit into these nice little slots mm -hmm. you know it's not going to work that way i think grades are fun yeah. and i think grades are important <clears throat> Um, generally, but I think what you want to be chasing is challenges and mm -hmm. don't chase grades, chase challenges. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm looking at a piece of rock, that's really going to challenge my weaknesses, maybe it's only V6. Um, but that's less important than if it's challenging. Let's be real though. Is that true? Are there V6s that challenge you? <laughs> <laughs> I did okay. one in Joshua tree, uh, <laughs> last week um yeah and i did flash it but uh, i might have grunted a little bit because it was quite hard was it a harder flash than iron resolution mm, no okay <laughs> i was hoping for a yes yeah but so iron resolution is harder than planet x <laughs> controversial statement <laughs> but i'm sure it's true yeah <laughs> why do you think grades are important uh i think that it's a good uh, thing to work towards um, it's and it's also a motivating thing for me uh, because it's some it, it almost feels like something with substance to it mm -hmm. and kind of an affirmation that hard work is paying off uh, so that that's how I see it if I want to become a better climber I might not be pushing those harder grades I'm I'm trying to improve myself on challenges but if there's uh, a, an absolute, absolutely beautiful climb uh, that's V0, I, I might want to climb it, but I'm probably going to want to climb the thing that's more challenging, maybe an ugly looking V15. Hmm. I'll probably go to that before yeah. um, because I, and people are different. Totally. That's just me. Um, it's <clears throat> that beautiful V0 isn't going to stimulate me as much. Um, mentally and my problem solving skills and the challenge yep. i'm not i'm probably going to climb it and forget it three minutes later mm -hmm. um but something that i really have to work out and and piece together and, and puzzle that's why i climb yeah um is for the challenge of it 
and the and the sol- puzzle solving of it. That's so. really important. The, sure. the that's why I climb. You know, mm-hmm. there there are lots of people out there who don't like projecting, don't like to try super right. hard things. They don't want to go out there and bang their head against yeah. the same. And I don't boulder. think there's too much wrong with that, right. or anything wrong with that. You're, totally. you're psyched on what you're psyched on, but yeah. you know what I'm what I'm psyched on is is uh, challenging myself. And yep. and if it's a beautiful boulder, that's bonus. Yep. Uh, but it's not my first priority. Yeah, that's super interesting too, you know, like mm-hmm. that's the Adamondra method is sure. like, I don't care what it looks like or if it's on this <laughs> chossy little cliff and it's uh, yeah. a traverse the base, you know, if it's hard, it's hard. And if I'm challenged by it, great. Whereas yeah. Magos takes the other approach of if I'm not inspired by it, I don't want to climb on it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, obviously that, that I mean, the, the best mm-hmm balance is when it is beautiful and it is inspiring and it's challenging yeah um but that you know that is the top of the list for me is it's hard it's at that appropriate grade range where it's likely going to be a good challenge for me Mm -hmm. um and the but the ones that i really seek out out have all of those elements to it yeah totally But why not continue to challenge yourself on the not yeah, so pretty absolutely. things in the no, meantime? No, I'm not. Yeah, know? I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. you know, snub a boulder just because it doesn't look cool or just because it's a low ball or traverse. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be. I can just. I can get just as psyched on that as other things. So. What about eliminates? Are you <laughs> like? Do you go out and climb on eliminates? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about going out and having I'm a fan fun too. On, on rock. So. Uh, I, I like to climb in my tennis shoes yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I clean them. I clean my tennis yep. shoes just in case you're worried. Um, Good call. We yeah. got some hate on that. <laughs> uh, I like to climb my tennis shoes. I try, I try to campus boulders. Yeah. Um, I just like it's it's so much fun to go to an area and and have it be a playground. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at, at, while respecting the rock and and, sure. and making sure that it's climbable for others. Yeah. That's why I, I mentioned cleaning my shoes and and stuff that's important of course um but man i'm just there to have fun and and play around on a playground and Mm -hmm. if if it's really fun to find a boulder uh to climb in in tennis shoes that that that's maybe that's really fun to climb in in climbing shoes but then that just adds that extra challenge that i was talking about um when you can grab the same holds and climb the same climb that you love but add that extra challenge of climbing it in your tennis shoes. That it's just a little more fun. Yeah, totally. One of my favorite things to do in Waco, since my wife and I are always projecting different things, is mm-hmm. when we go to her project, I'll climb it or something nearby with as many different betas as yeah, possible. Super you know, fun. and just find all these interesting, creative ways to climb it, eliminates and weird sequences, and you know, just weird methods. So. Yeah. Yeah, Super fun being creative like that. Yeah. Uh, mm. I, yeah. I mean, I think that I've, I've done a lot of, I, I, I kind of love going out climbing with, with people that might be, uh, um, that might be climbing or psyched on boulders that are a little bit lower than I'm climbing and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll try those, but then, you know, I'll, I'll keep spotting and supporting them and then I'll try and find yep. eliminates or, or exactly what you were saying yeah. kind of go around and, and, uh, to boulders surrounding it and see what I can campus or yeah super fun yeah when you guys are in the tension training center do you talk in terms of grades there at all like are the problems graded do you 
discuss them in that way? Do you, like when you're working on a project, do you put a grade on it? Yeah, I put a, a grade on it um, just because it's motivating for, for myself mm-hmm. and I hope motivating mm-hmm. for other people. Um, I mean, it's cool to set a boulder and say it's in, in the gym and say it's V14 and yeah. then see who shows up to try it, to try it out as yep. well. And I mean, I've, no, I've noticed other, other people coming in and, and trying that climb because it gets that grade also. Sure. Um, and so they know it's going to be that challenge and they, they want to step up to the challenge of that. Um, as far as like discussing the grades, not as much, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, and, and honestly, when I, I go into tension, usually, uh, in the morning or early afternoon in climbs, so I'm almost always by myself. Gotcha. Um, but when, I mean, and I, I love climbing with other people, but, uh, j- that's just how it usually works out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually when I'm there, we're just kind of shooting the shit and, uh, yeah, just curious. We have climbing a... together. It's, and we don't have as much intense conversations about grades. Or mm-hmm. We have like a grading that. system on our wall that Todd Skinner used to use. Mm-hmm. That's easy, tricky, hard, desperate, savage, hoss. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I don't really know what the what like V grades that correlates to. I really have no idea. Yeah, you know, we just randomly assign these words to climbs, and yeah. and because of it, I haven't really thought in terms of grade in there at all in a while. There are like times when I'm like, oh, this feels really hard. Like this mm-hmm. could be one of the hardest things I've ever climbed. It must be around this level, you know. Yeah. But otherwise, it's been an interesting way to keep people from thinking in terms of grades like oh i did i want to do this v5 you know it's more like i want to do this thing that's challenging to me i have no idea what anyone else thinks it is right you know yeah and that's ideal Mm -hmm. when when you can say that to yourself uh when you cannot look at the grades and you're you're just looking at a boulder and you're thinking Mm -hmm. this is going to be a challenge i'm going to have to try really hard to complete this yeah that's that's kind of the ultimate um it's nice when when there is a high grade attached to it yeah. I think that's the best because you get totally. a little bit more for your effort. Um, and we like to check those boxes, you know. Oh, we, absolutely. I'm, we like I'm all into that. Some method of measuring this thing we spend so much time on, you yeah. know. And, and I think grades are probably the best method of measuring that we have. Yeah, I think know, so too. As yeah. Imperfect as it is. It's, imp- it's imperfect, got. but yeah, we're in, we're in a qualitative sport. Um, and so it's hard to quantify progress except mm-hmm. through grades so yeah so i cool. this sort of a selfish question just me as a coach yeah, no, mm-hmm. i have lots of clients who end up spending time training by themselves a lot you know mm-hmm. and i'm pretty self-motivated so i can do that and i assume you're pretty self-motivated as well mm-hmm. what advice do you have to give to people who have to train by themselves mm-hmm. and how can you get in there, stay motivated and keep challenging yourself? Sure. Well, for me, I am competitive, but really only against myself. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I do climbing competitions, but uh, I don't care as much about how I do versus, you know, me against another person. Uh, it's more, I'll be disappointed if I don't climb as well as I think I used to right if i don't do as well in a comp and i'm like well last year i would have done way better in the comp mm-hmm. that's kind of the ultimate failure for me if i'm not better than i was yesterday 
then um, that hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I am competitive against myself. So I track uh, what, I, what I'm doing <clears throat> in the gym. Uh, so that tr I try to keep it quantitative, mm -hmm. like I said. Uh, <clears throat> I know my five rep max on bench, squat, overhead press, clean, um, all of that. I know what I can get off the ground with the wide pinch, with the 20 mil, with the yep. 10 mil. I know how much weight I can add uh, for a five second hang on the 20 mil and the 15 mil. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I've tracked all that for a long time. Yeah. And so every time I'm in the gym and it's like a max day, I'm trying to beat my latest score. And often I do, but I don't always. And so um, that's kind of how I stay. Well, if you did always, yeah, it would just be so far off the charts at this point. That... Right. Yeah, <laughs> and that's something that's hard to accept is not always yeah. beating what you were. Um, well, you but said you that, just got to trust the process. You said that those days where you're not better than you were yesterday hurt. Mm -hmm. So that means you've experienced, experienced it. it. Yeah. How do you deal with that, especially if there are a couple of those days in a row or, right. you know, three or four sessions out of six that yeah. didn't feel great? How do you deal with those? Yeah. And then keep coming in by yourself to keep training. Sure. I think part of it is trusting the process and, and knowing that your body goes through phases and your psych goes through phases. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's definitely part of it. I also think that uh, that's good and that's normal. So, uh, for example, uh, nu nutrition is a really big aspect for me. I think it's also why I've, I've had the longevity that I've had, where I've been able to improve um, for years for years now. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had pretty steady progress, I think, is because um, my recovery is really good. Uh, and so then I can just focus on those things, on those weaknesses. And, and as long as my skill is improving and, and my strength is improving, um, then, you know, then it's all good. So uh, I know that I need seasons where I bulk, where I'm eating a little more right. during strength building seasons. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm not going to climb as well. Or maybe my 15 mil hang isn't going to be as good. Right. If I'm, if I'm up. That's a tough pill to swallow seven, sometimes. Yeah, seven, eight pounds up. Yeah. But I, I kind of, I trust that process. And then I also cut before trips mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um and, and having that balance, I think, is important, especially in, in the sport that we're in, that we think of as being year-round. We don't have an we don't get the right. luxury of having an off-season. Right. Um, but I think that, that our body needs that. So I continue to climb, even when uh, I'm up from where, I, where I'm a little less comfortable climbing on the wall. Mm -hmm. I keep climbing, and I, keep, and I have performance, performance days even still. Um, but I know that that's, uh, helpful for my body to be at a, a slightly higher body fat percentage. Yeah. And then when it really matters, when I want to cut for a comp or for a trip, I'm going to Switzerland soon. So I just cut mm -hmm. like five pounds. Um, and I'm hoping for a few more, but, uh, you know, when those things come, then my, my, it's not going to be detri so detrimental to my right. body. No. What's your like ideal fighting weight how do yeah. you do you know what that number is that you're shooting for before yeah trip? so i'm at 161 right now um not i i don't I totally obsess over my weight but mm -hmm. i did weigh this morning uh says so 161 this morning and and I, i'd like to that's 
160s is like really the lightest mm-hmm. I've been for a while, but um, I'd like to cut a couple pounds below that. Yeah. I don't think I'd be very comfortable going much past, but yeah. um, we've got, so my, my wife is a nutritionist yeah. and uh, we've got a good plan going for the next month. Cool. I think uh, that's really smart. And I think it's important to know, like, this is what my fighting weight is. Sure. Because otherwise we're just in this constant downward spiral of, I want to lose more. I want to lose more. I want to lose more. And then it becomes a really unhealthy thing. Yeah. There's a line. It's very thin. Yeah. And I, you know, there's this new rhetoric popping up that says you should never lose weight for climbing. And and I disagree with that. Mm. I think that there are times where it's appropriate sure. and there are times where gaining weight is yeah, appropriate. Absolutely. And, and you just have to be really mindful and approach both things in a really healthy way and be watchful of the signs that say, you know, you're entering into a dangerous relationship here. So be careful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I appreciate that you have this this plan in place. Sure. And, yeah. You know, and we're real careful with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to say, you know, as far as performance goes, cause it's all performance based. It's uh, it doesn't, I don't care what my weight is. I want to perform as, right. as, as good as possible. Um, and that might mean and gaining weight. Exactly. Maybe you know? sometimes strength <clears throat> comes first. Yeah. Off, off, actually strength comes first. Um, and so I don't want to sacrifice strength um, right. just to be a little lighter uh i want to be at that optimal spot uh so haley's helped me out quite a bit my, yep. my wife haley's helped me out how quite soon a bit after that, these so. trips do you put the weight back on uh <laughs> well you when i go to swiss usually just day one i start putting <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've got a lot of good food there and and uh we're going to font first and cool. so there's in uh yeah be in france and in in paris and so i'm sure that weight will start coming back (laughs) up pretty soon (laughs) no i think that's good i mean i think it's healthy to be able to have these kind of conversations yeah and and there's and i've seen um of course not mentioning any names but i think especially in youth sports where they uh um and in youth competitions where they're uh, climbing and maybe they lose a few pounds and they, and they notice that they're getting better results right and and more admiration from people that they respect yep. and so they're like well i'm gonna just keep losing it's, it's a dangerous it's an easy cycle downward <clears throat> downward spiral but it initiates from wanting um better performance mm-hmm. and so i think if people knew their optimal weight and had a good nutrition plan in place that yep. they trusted uh, then that could potentially be less of an issue. Yeah, and it's up to us as coaches and, you know, you as an athlete that people are looking up to, to to make it okay to eat more, gain weight sure. while you're gaining strength. Yeah. You know, that's a, it's a strength to weight ratio that we're yeah. trying to change. I think a and lot of people try and change that weight. A lot of people go straight they to weight. Be, it's strength first. Yeah, and in the long term, mm-hmm. put put more strength on that's going to make the ratio harder sure. to break sure you know, so and I'm, I'm hopeful to kind of to, to help kind of break that a little mm-hmm. bit um and, and try to influence people to see that strength comes first and yeah um you know i'm like i said i'm 160 pounds uh i fell off the last move of hypnotized minds this last weekend I, um which might be the most intensely crimpy yeah. boulder in the world. Yep. 
so you can cramp and and weigh 160 pounds. It's, right. It's strength. Um, obviously, there's an optimal weight, and some some people need to lose weight. Yeah. If they want to perform better, then that's kind of the easiest way to do it. Um, but let's it get, is let's about get some finding stats here spot. while we're talking weight. How oh, tall sure. are you? Uh, I'm 5'11". 5'11". Yeah, I, I just took you're not absurdly skin. tall. You know, it's not like you're six five, 160 no. pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like my BMI is like 24 or something. Right, like right there. Um, but I just took a, a DEXA scan a couple days ago, and I was eight and a half percent body fat, um, five foot 11, 160. It was like two and a half was my mass. And then uh, I have a plus six wingspan. So, wow. So, yeah. That's an advantage. <laughs> the stats. Yeah. That's probably my favorite stat there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be my favorite stat too. <laughs> so what do you think, just as a total guess, you said your, your fat level right now is 8.6? Oh, it was 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. Where do you think that goes to when you're not in the midst of like cutting for... Mm -hmm. A trip. I don't think that I'm often over 10. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of doubt I'm ever over 10. Yeah. Just uh, curious. Just, yeah. And I, uh, I think that's going to vary yeah, widely me. for people, sure. women especially, are oh, going to yeah, see some variance. They should not and, be at 10. Yeah. Women. Uh, I think like uh, real lean, like you're about to go into the Olympics, it's like 15% yeah. for women. Um, and that's like very unsustainable. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for for men, it's about five percent is really the limit. If you go below yeah. that, it's pretty Which unsustainable. Sounds crazy to me. Yeah, I and like, and, and, I like and donuts so that was, way too much. Right. Um, and just so number. people know, that was the deck. That was a DEXA scan. Yep. Um, which measures like all fat. Uh, if you measure with like skin calipers mm -hmm. at home, um, it's usually like double that. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, like if you get like 4% on the calipers, it might be about 8% on the, oh, okay. on the DEXA. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, what it sounds like to me is that you're just not leaving yourself many excuses. I mean, ultimately that's what it sounds like. And I think that's one of the healthiest approaches to sport that you can have is I'm going to, have some degree of control of all these factors in my life so that I don't have excuses when the numbers don't go up or sure. when I'm not improving better. Yeah. And I think it's massively important for progress in yeah. your performance to get yeah. rid of those excuses. And I mean, this is one of the best examples I've ever heard of getting rid of all those things. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that that's my job right now. I'm, I, I'm working for companies and my job is to perform. Yeah. Um, that's my occupation. So I want to respect those companies that trust me mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and I, I love and appreciate those companies that trust me. And so uh, I, I want to give back for them. Um, and I want to do it, of course, for me firstly, but and I also have my wife um, you know, got mouths to feed. Yeah. So, um, you know, all those things combined, I, I don't want to just go out and pretend like I don't care. Um, and just 
just climb because it's fun, even though I, I climb because it's fun. Uh, but I also want to get in the gym and train and make sure that I'm able to perform out yeah. as best as I can. Totally. Well, I think those companies are lucky to have you. I oh, think, thank you. I think the kids on Team ABC are lucky to have you. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely blessed to be there. Philosophies. And I think we are, too. You know, keep keep inspiring us and keep pushing the limits. Great. Thank you. So, thanks, man. I appreciate you yeah, taking lot, time out of the craziness of OR to sit down. So. <laughs> no, thank you for pulling me away from the craziness of OR. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I go into these conversations not really knowing the person that I'm going to be talking to. I mean, I, I follow them and I understand their achievements, what they've done. I know something about their background. I follow climbing pretty damn closely, but I don't know the person and I don't know what drives them and I don't know what their approach is exactly. And those are the things I really want to know here and what I want to talk to them about when I do these interviews. And some of the things about Matt really surprised me. Number one, how genuinely, ridiculously nice the guy is. It, it makes me feel like I'm an asshole, frankly. And I mean, sometimes I am. But super, super nice guy. He's an asset for sure to those companies that he represents and to those kids at ABC Climbing. And, and man, I think that's how every pro climber should, should act. This is a job. Matt treats it that way. And he loves it. And honestly, you know, even though I knew Matt was one of the few pro climbers who really talks openly about his approach to training and, you know, isn't afraid to say, hey, I lift weights. Hey, I'm, you know, I want to... I want to, I'm going to build mass and I'm going to gain weight through here. And then I want to lose that weight right before I'm performing. And those aren't always conversations that are easy to have. He's not afraid to have them. And maybe what I appreciate most is his really intelligent approach to training, to grades, to performing, to progression. I want to see more of that in this industry, in this sport, in this lifestyle. So thanks, Matt, for being an example. I appreciate it massively, and I hope we get to do this again very, very soon. I can't wait to hear how your Swizzy trip goes, particularly after you just absolutely destroyed Waco in a really short trip. And you can find a link to that video right there in your show notes of Matt just destroying Waco, especially the day of the rodeo, crushed everything. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I've got a million things to do. Like I mentioned before, CWA, May 13th to the 15th, May 16th to the 18th, Performance Climbing Coach Seminar in Colorado Springs. Hope to see all of you at one of those two events. There are links right there in your show notes. And also, if you're interested in really, really bad feet that are going to make you a better climber, check out the resistors and the diodes. You can find a link to those as well. And that book is coming soon. Be on the lookout. In the meantime, you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Facebook, on the Instagram, and on the Twitter. You're bound to find people talking about us, people Twittering about us, but you're not going to find us there because we don't tweet. 
we scream like eagles. Yeah.